0: Hey, my name is Kevin Russell. I am the Groups and Discipleship Pastor here at Genesis Church, and I'm excited to be here with you this morning. Uh, Good morning, and and, uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, Today we are going to talk about the app of forgiveness. And uh, I was reminded yesterday of my need to grow in the area of extending forgiveness. I have a friend in town visiting this weekend, and he and myself and my two-and-a-half-year-old little daughter were going to go play golf yesterday afternoon. Now, I'm a golfer. I love to play golf. And so what I've done is I've gotten my little girl, Selah, uh, little plastic kids' golf clubs, and we play in the backyard together. And so she and I were really we're all really excited about going to the golf course. Now, some of you may look at me and think, you're taking a two-and-a-half-year-old to the golf course. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a good dad. I'm going to take good care of her and protect her. And so uh, we're, we're looking forward to enjoying the afternoon together. And the three of us show up at the golf course. We go into the clubhouse, and we—by uh, the way, are there any golfers in the room? Okay, great. So I, do I need to explain what golf Do you all know what golf is? Okay, all right. So we, so we go into the, golf, the clubhouse. We go up to pay, and uh, I say, you know, we're going to uh, have two adults. And I'm holding, say, and the guy behind the counter looks at me, an older guy. He looks at me, and all of a sudden he gets this kind of stoic look on his face. And he says, I'm sorry, I, I can't let you guys go out and play. like, what do you mean? He says, well, you, you, can't take your, you can't take your daughter out there. What do you mean I can't take my daughter out there? And he says, well, she's too young. It's a liability issue. I'm like, liability? It's, it's golf. It's not ice hockey. Like, I mean, I'm like, she's going to be with me. I'm going to take good care of her. And so I am getting into this argument with this guy, trying to convince him that I am a good dad. I'm going to take care of my daughter. There's no reason why he should, shouldn't let us out on the golf course. But he holds his ground, and he says no. So we, we turned around and walked out the door and went and got ice cream. But it bothered me all afternoon. In fact, it still bothers me right now that that guy rejected my poor little daughter. And I had to spend the whole rest of the evening. Actually, it's probably about five minutes uh, looking at her and her rejected face and her poor face who thought this jerk ruined her night and ruined all of our plans and expectations. That was a big deal for us. And we were going to have fun. And um, we didn't get to. So I'm thankful today that I get to talk to you about forgiveness. I'm going to go over to the golf course later today and forgive the guy for my... some of the things I said to him last night in the car ride home. Hey, listen, if you have your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. In your worship program, uh, you got some notes. And when I... uh, from the time the program was printed till today... um, I can't believe y'all didn't think my golf story was more funny. Um, he was uh, From the time the, the program was printed to today, the the, my message has changed a little bit. So we won't be filling in those top two uh, blanks, but there's plenty of space on the bottom half of the program I hope you'll use. You know, each one of us has experienced pain in our life, right? I mean, we all have had people hurt us and offend us and sometimes... Sometimes we have opportunities every day to be offended by others and to be hurt by others. And whether it's our siblings, uh, whether it's our parents who hurt their children, or whether it's spouses hurting one another, whether it's coworkers or friends, whether it's a complete stranger like some poor guy at a golf course, uh, we've all been hurt or frustrated or offended by people. We live in a broken world with broken people, and there's a potential for for us to just deal with this on a daily basis. There's the boss at work who criticizes you or disrespects you. There's a coworker who uh, will direct demeaning jokes at your way. Uh, a friend who never seems to call. Or a, never, a friend who never seems to invite you to, to join along. There's a spouse who speaks harshly to you or easily loses patience with you. There's a mother-in-law who every time she happens to come by... Uh, your house, she tends to make some comments about the way you keep your house or the way you raise your kids. And those comments, those words, those actions that people um, aim at us can hurt us. And so forgiveness uh, can be a tough subject because ultimately we're dealing with our own personal pain. Now, I know we've all been hurt by others, but I really do believe as I prepared and prayed this week that there are some of you sitting here this morning who really need the healing and the freedom and the peace that comes only through the app of forgiveness. And so I want to say up front that I know that I don't know the depth of your pain. I've never walked in your shoes. I've never lived your life. Uh, I don't haven't experienced the types of pain and hurt that you've experienced. And so I don't approach this this topic or this subject flippantly. And so I'll say it again. I want you to know that I know that I don't know the depth of your pain. But thankfully, I'm not asking you to trust my advice today. I'm asking you to put your faith and your trust and open up your heart and mind today to God's wisdom and to God's ways. Let's see what he has to say about it. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 21. If you have your Bible, I'm going to read through these verses and then we're going to highlight one uh, to get started. Verse 17, do not repay anyone for evil. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, Paul says. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. And do not be overcome by evil, verse 21 says, but overcome evil with good. The first phrase I want to highlight for you here in verse is in verse 17, Paul says, "Do not repay anyone evil for evil." Do not repay anyone evil for evil. You know, the Bible does not does not minimize the pain that you suffer when people hurt you. The Bible doesn't say, hey, just toughen up, uh, forget about it, and move on. That's not what the Bible says. Biblical forgiveness approaches it very differently. God says that the way in which the person hurt you was evil. You were lied to. That was evil. Uh, you were Someone stole from you. It was evil. You were cheated on. That was evil. You were verbally abused or physically abused. You were raped. That was evil. You were abandoned. You were ridiculed. You were criticized and teased. God says that was evil. And the word evil here means a couple different meanings. The first meaning is the one we're more familiar with. It means a wrong action or a wicked action against someone. But the second meaning is this. It's something of a wrong nature. It means what, uh, what it should have been, what should have happened. It's something isn't the way it should be. Sometimes the way someone hurts us isn't an action they take against us, but it's something that they didn't do that they should have. This is most evident oftentimes when you look back on your childhood. You look back at your family life, and your family life growing up maybe wasn't devastating. I mean, when you compare your childhood to the childhood of others, you think, well, I, I didn't have it that bad. And we tend to dismiss or minimize the areas where the truth is our childhood wasn't what it meant to be, wasn't what it should have been, or wasn't what God would have wanted it to be. And so your dad, he may have been a good guy, but he wasn't, he wasn't what you really needed him to be. He didn't teach you or protect you the way he should have, the way God would have wanted him to. Your mom didn't model the way for you, the way God really would have wanted her to. They didn't seem to have a marriage for you and your siblings. They didn't prepare a home that really God would have wanted for you. And pain ultimately comes from loss. And so when something uh, of great value to us is taken away from us, our hearts get wounded. And so when innocence is lost, when hopes and dreams go unfulfilled, and, and when our dreams are shattered, we're left with a wound. We're left with a wounded heart. And you're left hurting. And you're left with damaging emotions that come from that pain. Emotions like anger and resentment and bitterness. And that leads to us having unforgiving hearts. And so the question is, well, what do we do? How do we respond when someone has hurt us and offended us? Well, as Christians, we turn to God's Word. I mean, that's the point of having an app, is that we believe that God shows us in His Word what is best for us, His best plans for our life. And so we want to turn to His Word to see what His wisdom says. So look back at Romans chapter 12. Again, if you're following along, I want to highlight another phrase. In verse 19, God says, do not take revenge. Do not take revenge, he says. Now, revenge is our natural response when somebody hurts us or is offended uh, or offends us, isn't it? I mean, we don't want to forgive, we want to get even. That's what our natural instinct is. I heard about a guy, an older guy, who was driving in the parking lot of a mall. And the mall was crowded, and he was an older gentleman, and he's driving a Cadillac, and he couldn't, find a, couldn't seem to find a parking space. And so he slowly keeps making his way around the parking lot. And then finally he sees a family who's getting into their minivan, and they back up and pull away, uh, and has, he waits there patiently for them to, to leave. And as they leave, and he gets ready to pull his Cadillac into this parking space, some sports car comes, swings in, and steals his spot. Well, he says they're stunned. And can't believe that this person would be so rude to do such a thing. And out of the car gets a young teenager and his girlfriend. And they get out of their little sports car and they start to walk away. And the teenager turns to the old guy and he says to him, sorry, old man. That's what you can do when you're young and quick. And he walks off laughing. The old man sits there for a second. He puts the car in reverse and he backs up. And he puts the car in drive and he rams his Cadillac into this kid's sports car. He backs up and he rams it again. He backs up and he rams it again. The teenager comes running out screaming, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the old man, very calmly with a smile on his face, looks at the young man out the window of his car and he says, sorry, kid. That's what you can do when you're old and rich. (laughs) You know, we like that, don't we? Uh, That's the way it's supposed to end is we're supposed to be able to get revenge. When, something, when someone does something else to hurt us, we know that their actions are, in fact, evil and wrong. And we know they deserve punishment, and we want to take it upon ourselves to make sure that punishment gets done. So if you spend a lot of time having an internal dialogue about how you want to get back at the person who hurt you, you think a lot about the things you would say to that individual and how you want to put them in their place, and you want to correct the wrong. Or if you keep replaying over and over in your mind again, the reason why this really dumb guy at a golf course wouldn't let your poor daughter out on the golf... Sorry, I'm still struggling with that. The truth is, an unforgiving heart and an unforgiving spirit really only hurts us. Isn't that true? I mean, you've probably heard the phrase that's often used, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and thinking it's hurting the other person. We want to hurt others because they've hurt us and because we're hurting. And we buy into the lie that our judgmental thoughts and our angry emotions that we point at them are somehow hurting them. Well, the truth is our thoughts become toxic and our emotions become poison to us and they eat us up inside and it affects our quality of life and it affects our ability to relate to other people and Steals our peace of mind. In fact, there's plenty of research that shows an unforgiving heart. If you hold in bitterness and harbor a grudge against someone, that it literally affects your physical health in a very negative way. And so here's the thing, though. The truth is, revenge is not our job anyways. That's not our job. In fact, one of my favorite definitions of forgiveness is this. Forgiveness is giving up my right to retaliate. If you're taking notes... I, I think you ought to write that down. Forgiveness is giving up my right to retaliate. See, when we seek revenge and we seek to get even with people, what we're doing is we're putting ourselves in God's judgment seat and we try to play God. We allow ourselves to get into the seat where God is the one who is to be judged. He is the one to be the avenger. If you're following along in Romans, look back at verse 19. God says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, catch this, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, and Paul quotes a proverb here, it is mine to avenge, God says. I will repay, repay," says the Lord. See, it's God's job to take care of the other individual. And so James 4.12 says, God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or destroy. So what, might, so what right do you have to judge your neighbor, your brother, or your sister? We need to give up our right to retaliate and go beyond that. God calls us to go beyond it. And so what's our job? What's our role? Our job is to Forgive. I know it's contrary to our feelings. That's why Paul says it's contrary to what we would think we should do. But God commands us to forgive. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If, you, if any of you have, has a grievance against someone else, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. God commands us to forgive because he knows that it's through forgiveness that will receive healing and freedom and peace. Unforgiveness is what keeps us in bondage. Unforgiveness keeps us chained to the hurt and to the pain and even to that person and those chains weigh us down and wear us out. We live with heavy hearts and we live without peace, but God has a better way. And His better way is through the app of forgiveness. Now, how do, we, how do we apply it? What does it look like? Well, to begin with, we must realize that forgiveness is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's an act of the will. It's a decision. It's a choice that we must make. It's not just a one-time decision either. It's not like we make a decision. Okay, I forgive this person and now all, all of a sudden everything is better. All things are made new. No, it, it doesn't always happen like that. Philip Yancey, in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace, says this. I never find forgiveness easy, he says, and rarely do I find it completely satisfying. Nagging injustices remain. The wounds still cause me pain, he says. I have to approach God again and again, yielding to him the residue of what I thought I had committed to him long ago. In Matthew 18, 21 The apostle Peter comes up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, how many times do I forgive those who have sinned against me up to seven times? And Jesus says, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy seven times. Some versions translate that seventy times seven. Jesus's point is this. Forgiveness is a continual process. It's an attitude of the heart. And. Sometimes we want to be able to go back and change what, what's, what's been done to us. We want to change the hurt that someone has inflicted on us, but we can't. We can't go back. A second definition of forgiveness I'll give you today is this. Forgiveness is letting go of our hope for a better past. Forgiveness is letting go of our hope for a better past. You wish you could go back and change things, but we can't go back. We can't stop them from what they've done to us. So I want to give you three practical ways to apply forgiveness today. Starting today, what can you do today? What can you do this week and moving forward? Number one, you can verbally offer forgiveness. If the person that hurt you is someone you have an existing relationship with, maybe it's somebody like a spouse or a parent, a friend or an in-law, and they've experienced the tension in your relationship, like they know that there's some uh, underlying feelings of resentment that you have towards them, some anger with them. But I want you to prayerfully consider going to them and having a conversation. If you've been sitting here this morning and someone has actually come to mind, the Lord has brought to mind someone that has hurt you. Maybe it's recently. Maybe it's someone from your past that's hurt you. And you feel like it would be a wise and okay thing to do to go meet with them and talk with them. I encourage you to do that. Tell them. Tell them that you have struggled with some thoughts and some feelings of anger and frustration. Tell them how their actions or their words have hurt you. Maybe you should offer forgiveness for your attitude towards them in, the own, in your own heart and mind. And then you should offer them forgiveness for what they've done. Now, they may not be aware uh, that they hurt you. And they may not be aware that you're upset or that you have struggling or wrestling with this. And so you got to be wise about this. Uh, this may be something like um, maybe it's your parents. I have found that um, parents know that they didn't raise their kids perfectly. All kids know that. I mean, all parents know that. But I've also often found this, that when parents have adult children, i found that parents seem to underestimate the fact that some of their mistakes, some of their shortcomings really did hurt their children, and the pain is still with their kids even into adulthood. And so if you go to approach a parent, be sensitive, be kind. Uh, Maybe you want to write something down um, before you go in there so your emotions don't get the best of you. Do it with gentleness and respect. Now, the person you go to, uh, they may get offended by the fact that you're bringing this to their attention. They may be offended that you were offended by them. And so they may get defensive. Well, the point of the conversation with them is not to elicit some kind of response from them. The point of the conversation is that as far as it depends on you, you seek peace. You try to reconcile that relationship, even if they don't know it needs reconciling. Now, maybe you feel like the person that hurt you is not ready for that kind of conversation for whatever reason. Maybe you're not, maybe you're not ready for that kind of conversation maybe you need to deal with some of the pain in your heart before you go and have that conversation with them or this is often the case maybe the person that hurt you you just don't have a relationship with them anymore Uh, maybe they're in the distant past and they're out of reach Uh, maybe the person who hurt you the most has has passed away they're not even living anymore what do you do then You turn to the Lord. And while we need to remember that God is God as the judge, God is also God, the healer. And Psalm 147 verse 3 says this, that God heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. You know, we don't deal very well with our pain, uh, do we? In fact, most research will tell you that addictions are born out of our attempts to manage pain from our past. And we are a society full of addictions. And so maybe the Lord would have you go see a good Christian counselor who could sit down with you and who could maybe spend a season just kind of walking through some of the emotions and some of the thoughts that you keep coming back to and you keep struggling with. Maybe God would use a counselor to help you gain freedom and healing and peace. But ultimately, we turn to God because he is the one who heals. He's the one who brings peace. So maybe have a conversation with them, but maybe uh, a second step that you can take to apply forgiveness to your life is simply be kind to them. Be kind to them. This is so contrary to everything that feels natural to us. When someone hurts us deeply, as we've said, we, we want to we get even and we want to right that wrong. Well, Paul says, look at verse 20 of Romans 12. Paul says, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now let's just pause right here. We won't unpack this burning coals thing. Uh, You might hear that and think, yes, that's a perfect way to get back at someone. I'll take some hot coals and dump them on their lap. What God is saying, what the word what this passage basically means is that when we go and we share our hurt and our pain with someone in a very loving but in a very honest and truthful way, what we do is we take it off, we take that pain off of ourselves and we allow them, and now they have to deal with it. And so it's up to them to deal with it. It's not that you go take like matches and lighter fluid or anything. Don't do that. Uh, but verse twenty, verse twenty-one, Paul says this do not become do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That, good. that word good there means this. It means something helpful or something beneficial or something that adds value to their life. They took something from you. And Jesus has the audacity to challenge us to go and add something to their life. He says, and if you love your enemies and treat them well... You're going to show people that ultimately Jesus truly is the Lord of your life. On May 11th, 2002, a 24-year-old man named Eric was drunk. And he got into a car, and within minutes, he had a car wreck, and he crashed into another car, and he killed two 20-year-old young ladies. Obviously, this was devastating. Devastating. And it wrecked the lives of the families and deeply brought uh, grief and pain to them and their, fa- and their friends. Um, however, the family of one of the young girls chose to forgive. And strangely enough, not only did they offer verbal forgiveness to Eric, but they went beyond that and blessed him. They added something of value, something of great value to his life. They gave life back to him. How did they do that? Well, Eric was sentenced to 22 years in prison for this. The family went before the judge in the court system, and they lobbied on Eric's behalf to have his sentence reduced from 22 years to 11 years. That's the power of forgiveness. What's more is this? Eric eventually would give his life to Christ and become a Christian and get saved. What's more is this? Eric now goes with this family and travels around the country doing presentations on the dangers of drunken driving with this very family. That's a dramatic story of forgiveness. And hopefully and most likely most of us won't be put in that kind of position. But here's what it shows us. It shows us the power of forgiveness and it shows us that forgiveness, true forgiveness is possible. Here's what a friend of the family had to say about that family. He said, few people would blame them for any resentment or even hatred they may have towards this criminal who stole their daughter away from them. Even the most gracious seemed to have their limits. Many would see it as their right to hold a grudge. After all. This young man was found guilty by a judge and a jury. Even the law was on their side. Yet somehow they found it in their heart to extend the hope of forgiveness to this guilty man who took the life of their daughter. And both of their lives were changed and positively impacted forever. Why were they able to do that? They were able to do that because their faith and trust in Christ. And ultimately, that's where our source comes from. So. Find some ways to bless those who hurt you. Be kind and compassionate to them. And in doing so, you're applying the app of forgiveness to your life. The third step I want to give you to applying forgiveness to your life is this. Pray for them. Pray for them. Praying for individuals. When you pray for an individual out of a sincere heart to see God bless them, it's really hard to hold a grudge and be angry with them. Jesus said in Luke 6, he said this. Do good to those who hate you, Jesus said. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Love your enemies and do good to them. Lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because He, God, is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. See, praying for others who've hurt us aligns our heart with God's heart. It's hard to... It's hard to harbor bitterness against somebody that you're praying for and then you're asking God to help them in their life. So pray that, they would, pray that they would come to know Christ if they're not Christians. Pray if they are a Christian that they would grow in their relationship with Christ. Pray that God would do a work in their hearts, that God would produce fruit in their lives, that their lives would somehow bring God glory. Pray for the person who hurt you. Now, many of you um, need to be reminded... I need to be Ryan minded that we cannot do this apart from the grace and the forgiveness of God. That we forgive ultimately because Christ forgave us. We forgive because Christ forgave us. I think back to the time when Jesus was hanging on the cross. And here he is nailed to this tree in agony only minutes from his death. And the guys who literally put the nails in his hands are sitting at his feet, mocking him, laughing at him, and playing games with his garment. And what does Jesus do in that moment on the cross? He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus modeled for us what true forgiveness looks like. And the truth is, while they may have put the nails in his hands, you and I put him on that cross. It was our sin. The Bible says that it was for the sin of the world that Jesus died on the cross. It was your sin and my sin that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's why he went to the cross, because he wanted to forgive us. I, I'm a, I came to know Christ about 13 years ago. I was 24 then. And I know I don't look 37, but I am. And um, coming to know Christ at 24, I had, made a, I had made a number of mistakes up to that point. I've made a lot of mistakes since then. But I hurt some people in my life. And I realized when I came to Christ that I needed the forgiveness that only God could give me. And some of you are sitting here today and you've never received that forgiveness. And the truth is you can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you have not received. And some of you need to receive God's forgiveness. Some of you just need to be reminded that God forgives you and that he has forgiven you. So the worship team is going to come out and they're going to lead us through a final song. And as they come out, uh, I just want to offer this to you. I know. That I don't know the depth of your pain, but I know who does. His name is Jesus. And he says, come to me give me your pain. Surrender it to me. Allow me to bring healing and freedom and peace to your life. If you'd like to talk with me or uh, some folks we'll have up here at the end, if you'd like to talk with somebody about your relationship with Christ today, I'd love to talk with you about that. And uh, let's pray together as we close. Father, I'm so thankful that Your Word says that You so loved us that You sent Your one and only Son to die on the cross on our behalf. And while it was our sin that led You, Jesus, to the cross, it was Your love for us that kept You there. I'm thankful that You modeled for us what it looks like to forgive God, I trust that there are some people in this room who just need to be reminded right now. They need to hear your voice say to them, I forgive you. There's also some people in this room who you're inviting them to go and extend forgiveness to someone else that has hurt them. God, would you give them the courage to do that? Would you give them the strength to obey? God, only the strength, the strength that that it takes to forgive someone else can only come from you. So Lord, would you give us the strength to forgive those who've hurt against us, who've hurt us. Lord, help us to give up our right to retaliate. Help us to let go of our hope for a better past and let's help us to put our faith and our trust in you. Help us to turn to you, to address our wounds, to give us the strength to bring in the healing and the freedom and the peace that we, that we need. Thank you, Jesus. We love you and we pray this in your name. Amen.